In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, and it's really hard to believe that we're at the end of November and we have only one more month in 2019. And 2020 will be here so quickly. And I ask everybody, you know, it's time in 2020 at the end of next month to try to make New Year's resolutions. And I ask how many of you have ever made the resolution that in the upcoming year, you're finally going to sit down and write those memos that you wanted to write or even start a book? Have Who's done that? I know I've done that. And actually, I actually achieved that one time. Um, but that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to have an expert here talking to us today on the show about how to actually start that process and start to write. But before we get to that, I'd like to welcome everybody. I'd like to welcome our return listeners. And we do have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon or good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In this series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as artificial intelligence and data protection regulations to leadership issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your career. So please download this series on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. In this series, you can listen to great advice, leadership success stories that you can learn from, stories that can motivate you, stimulate new ideas, and possibly even be the future to your success. I invite you to connect with me. Connect with me and send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or go to my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Let me know what you would like to hear about. I'd love to get an email from you. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for either your business or yourself. Now back to what we're going to talk about today writing. In leadership, we have a lot of experts and people in leadership who have been successful and even those who have not really been successful, and they all have a lot to say. And many of them want to become writers. But sometimes I ask myself, what's the real motivation behind these aspiring writers? Is it because they want to hold up a book to their friends and say, hey, look, I wrote this? Or is it because they want to have it on their coffee table so visitors get a pleasant surprise and say, wow, you wrote a book? Or is it because they have a story to tell and share with others? I personally think that some writers are seeking fame and encouragement and believe validity and meaning will arrive out of publication. And they see fame as offering a measurable amount of worth and competence. But I also think there are others that really want to share a story 
and are not worried about fame. Some of the most famous writers we know, such as Stephen King, says that it was a completely personal reason he started writing. And part of that reason was he was able to drown his fears and scariness through writing it down. He never really thought he would become one of the most popular fiction writers today. But no matter what somebody's motivation is, writing is a craft. And it does not come easy, but it can be done with a certain determination, time, and dedication to the craft. Now, our guest today helps people get their thoughts on paper and realize their dreams. Regardless if it's nonfiction leadership, short stories, or the next bestseller, our guest today knows how the to do this, and he knows the in and out of the publishing industry, and he's going to talk to us about how it works and how it's done. Thornton Scully is editor-in-chief at A Word With You Press. Thornton has Jack London his way across the globe, sleeping in whatever country that would have him, and picking up stray stories along the way. With a litter of dog-eared passports that have taken up residence in his sock drawer, he founded A Word With You Press in 2009. And this company is dedicated to helping people tell their stories persuasively and with passion. And he is now located in the Czech Republic, where he's probably going to say. Now, authors have sought Thorne's advice, and many famous authors, such as the Pulitzer Prize, Isabel Aladena Mariposa Award for the New Fiction, and the Best Poetry Award from San Diego, San Diego Writers Awards. And he's won his novels, and his novel, The Boy with a Torn Hat, was nominated for Best Literary Fiction by U.S. Book Awards. So, Thorne, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. And I think the first order of business is, where in the world are you? Oh, I'm in New Hampshire today. That's right. So this oh. really is leadership beyond borders. So, okay. an ocean, an ocean separates us. Yes. I am, yeah. I am in the towers that are a word with you, press in Chesky Budiavica, in the heart of Bohemia, in the Czech Republic. Yeah. And I think the first thing I want to do is go off script because you said something that caught my attention. You mentioned Stephen King. Yeah. This was a guy who was running a laundromat when he sold Carrie. He called up his wife, who is also a writer, having been offered $400,000 for the book. And he said, well, I think we're going to close the laundromat. (laughs) So I have a quote from Stephen King, appropriate to what you were saying. Making people believe the unbelievable is no trick. It's work. Belief and reader absorption come in the details. An overturned tricycle in the gutter of an abandoned neighborhood can stand for everything. Interesting. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I know you have a mix of readers. Uh, Some are interested in uh, nonfiction. Some are interested in writing fiction and so on. Uh, There are some uh, parameters that are germane to both of those. Uh, But uh, I would like to read you a quote that I find inspiring. This is from Maya Angelou. There is no greater agony than bearing an untold story inside you. 
And I think that's a huge motivator. Yeah. And so when, when you hear that quote, Thorne, what, you deal with a lot of people, you know, that want to write. And why, why does writing appeal to people so much? Is it because of this own untold story? I think there, you can divide it into two categories. There are people who want to be writers, and there are people who want to write. And that's a huge chasm between those two motivations. People who want to be writers uh, are very much concerned with how they are perceived. People who want to write are more concerned with how they perceive the world. Mm-hmm. I have an exercise that I would like your readers to try, and uh, spoiler alert, this is the same one that I gave you when we first met, but you can take it again if you didn't like the results the first time. What I would like you to do, those of you who are listening, uh, and I guess we're covering all across the globe, so I really don't know if it's as dark outside where you are as it is where I am now in the Czech Republic, but I want you to close your eyes. Now, I have no way of knowing if you've really closed your eyes, but I hope you did. If I give this to an audience of maybe 50 or 100 people, I can look around and I can see some people have closed their eyes, but after about three seconds, they open, take a quick look around, close their eyes again. And what that means is that they are not trusting. If you're closing your eyes right now, it means two things to me. Number one, you are trusting me. And number two, you are trusting of yourself. And that is one of the prerequisites of being a good writer. So here's what I want you to do with your eyes closed. Without mentioning who it is, saying it out loud, I want you to envision your favorite author, the one who is so good, so competent, so incredible that you couldn't possibly emulate them. You have put them so high on a pedestal, all you can see are the soles of their feet. You couldn't possibly write as good as they are, as they do. But now I would like you to imagine what you have in common with this god or goddess that you've put on the pedestal, are you the same gender? Are you the same gender orientation? Are you the same generation? Did you each lose an arm in the war? Were you each raised by an abusive parent? Did you divorce an alcoholic spouse? Do you each like dogs? Do you each ride horses? Are you each politically motivated to the left or to the right? Whatever you think it is that you might have in common with them, I want you to create a list. And I want you to make it as extensive as you possibly can. Because then at the end, I don't care. Because I know unequivocally what you left on, what you left off the list. And that is that at one time, you and the writer that you could never emulate were both illiterate. Hmm. You open yes. your eyes. Now, what that tells me is writing is not a gift from God. Writing is something that is learned, and the more you work at it, especially if you're willing to absorb advice, uh, the better you'll become at it. And there is no reason that you cannot be 
as successful a writer as the one that intimidates you from writing now because they're so good. Mm-hmm. Too many people, too many people are prevented from writing because they compare themselves to somebody who's made it, somebody who's famous. Mm-hmm. Well, that that was a really great exercise, and. Um, let me just, we're going to take a break soon. And before the break, I want to ask one question to you about um, about this. So you said trust, trusting yourself is very important and anybody can do it because every writer was illiterate. So, so what about the discipline behind it? What do you have to say about that? I mean, um, it takes a lot of discipline to actually sit down and start to do this, doesn't it? Uh, not necessarily, because mm-hmm. once you start, you're not doing it because it's a chore. You're doing it because it's a pleasure. What you need to do is get a lot of words out. Just consider each word, each sentence, each paragraph a lump of clay. You're putting it on the wheel. You build that up on the wheel, and then when you edit, you start to shape that clay into something important. And that's not work. That's a pleasure. That doesn't take discipline at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and so anybody could sit down and do it. You get motivated and you start to sit down and do it. Um, if you had one trait that you would say or that makes a successful writer, what would that be? Well, to be uh, – well, I think we're going to have to define in our next little segment what a success is. But to be an interesting writer – you have to be an interesting person. Mm-hmm. To be an interesting person, you have to be interested in other people and observe everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. With that, we're gonna we're gonna go to a short break, Thorn, and when we come back, I want to extend on that a little bit and talk more about that and talk about um, what makes successful writing and talk about content and editing because as you said you put the clay on the wheel you shape it but then you actually have to make something out of it so we're gonna we're gonna gonna deal with that when we get back and for our listeners uh, we are talking with thornton scully sully and he's editor-in-chief at a word with you press founded which was founded in 2009 and is dedicated to helping you tell your story persuasively and with passion Now, he's won um, many awards, and he is an excellent editor. And if you'd like to reach out to him, please go to his website at www.awordwithupress.com, or you can connect with Thorne at thorne at a word with you press.com and when we get back we're going to talk a little bit more about what makes successful writing and content and i'm your host kimberly lewis leadership and business expert you can connect with me with questions and comments at leadership beyond borders at gmail.com or join our linkedin group at leadership beyond borders or go to my website leadership Now, this show is also brought to you by Cinda, one of Europe's most extensive digital marketing and local search nonprofit associations. And for membership information on Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org. And Cinda does hold conferences in Europe, and their next conference will be in Berlin 
on May 23rd to 24th. And before we go to the break, I would like to say one more thing about Thorne. He is also uh, hosting the 7th Annual Writers Reunion, which will be held on May 23rd in Oceanside, California, at the ranch of the best-selling author, Victor Villasenor. And so if you're interested in that, please reach out to Thorne on his email address, thorn at awordwithyoupress.com. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Klass. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you are part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business station. And today we're talking with 
Thornton Sully. And he's the editor-in-chief at A Word With You Press, which was founded in 2009. It's dedicated to helping people tell their stories and helping them write. Now, Thorne, before the break, we, we kind of just, we did an exercise and you talked about you have to trust yourself. And, and once you do that, and it's not about discipline so much because you're you're going to want to do it. And I asked the question, you know, what makes a successful uh, writer or book? And you talked about trusting yourself or being an interesting person. Okay. Um, there's different kinds of literature. I mean, there's self-help, there's um, leadership training, there's bio, um, biographies, there's, you know, fiction, nonfiction. Does this kind of... Uh, um, there are elements in common with all of these. One thing that every kind of writing has to do, your ultimate objection, regardless of what you're writing, is to get your reader to turn from one page to the next. And there are techniques for doing that. Uh, that's part of what practice will do for you and feedback will do for you. Uh, just a little aside, I do not really recommend writers groups because if I wanted to kill somebody's ambition to write, I would send them to a writers group. Mm -hmm. It seems as if everybody in a writers group, given the responsibility of being an editor, thinks they have to be an editor. And I have seen so many people killed by the kind of criticisms that are given. Um, I'll give you an example yeah. of what, what criticism should do. Every new writer is absolutely in love with their adjectives. I've never seen it fail. <laughs> Why use one adjective if you can use six? And what if you can even put them sequentially? Of course, everybody who's started to write realizes that, well, that's a no-no. So somebody will come along in a writer's group, and they'll have their six adjectives all lined up. And invariably, somebody will tell them, you don't want to have all those adjectives. That's not how it's done. Oh, I didn't know that. Much better, I find if somebody has the intent and they put forth the effort to write something, there's a reason that they're doing this. And if you will read in two or three pages of what they've written, eventually you'll find a, a paragraph. And I'll find that paragraph, and I'll say, you know, this is really good. This to me demonstrates that you understand that a, a novel is all about nouns and verbs. And I like the very spare use of adjectives that you have here. Okay, I don't have to mention paragraph one, but what will happen is the writer will then see what got good feedback and they will emulate that themselves the next time. And eventually they'll go back, they'll read their first paragraph and wonder, how did I ever do that? Writers improve with practice. Uh, I have a, a quick little test for everybody. See if you can guess who this quote is by. And I will give you a hint. He had a beard almost as charming and the same gray as my own. Uh, he managed to 
pull the trigger of a shotgun in Ketchum, Oregon, which ended his literary career and all of his relationships. And who might that be? Oh, it's Ernest Hemingway. (laughs) And he's got this quote that I just love. He said, it's none of their business. You have to learn how to write. Let them think you were born that way. (laughs) So even he acknowledge that you have to learn. So how do you learn then? So we have a lot of people who say, say, okay, I want to write, and, um, and how, how do you learn? Uh, basically, you need to just keep producing words, and it will start to shape a story. Uh, and at that point, honestly, I suggest they get an editor, Mm-hmm. before they have finished a manuscript because an editor can point out some patterns uh, and give them a little direction so that they don't get through a complete manuscript with the same flaws in place. Mm-hmm. For example, I had one novel and in 100,000 words, the uh, writer thought it was stylish to start a sentence with the word but. I mean, but as in B-U-T. Mm-hmm. And I did a word search. He used it 1,700 times. And it became really enervating. And had I caught that at the beginning in the first 30 pages, I don't think he would have done that. But he did what a lot of writers do is they, they think of style, they think of theme, uh, instead of thinking of the story. What an editor wants is a story. Everything else can be manipulated, can be worked on. Style is really secondary to uh, what a story is. Mm -hmm. Now, here's a quote from Sylvia Plath. And by the way, everything in life is writable about if you have the outgoing guts to do it and the imagination to improvise. The worst enemy to creativity is self-doubt. Mm-hmm. So, so, so just, so what I'm hearing you say is just start doing it. And I, I kind of think of a, another quote when we talk about this from, um, you're in the Czech Republic from Kafka that said, don't bend, don't water it down. Don't try to make it logical. Don't edit your own soul according to the fashion, rather follow your most intense obsessions mercilessly. So that's what you're saying. Just go with the flow and then get the editor to help you shape it. Is that what you're saying? Yes, or, you know, maybe just one or two friends who can help you to get a little feedback. But you don't have to subject it to uh, a writer's group, really. I mean, there, there are people who are quite pleased that they're joined writer's groups. But, for example, could you imagine Hemingway in a writer's group? Yeah. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't think so. Um, I, uh, I've helped with some scholarly works and psychology and self-help books, but really my preference is to edit fiction. Mm-hmm. So There's, yeah. I, I just want to ask a quick question before you go into editing fiction. So when we, when we think about this flow, okay, does it, does it really apply more 
to okay, because we have a lot of leaders, you know, listening also, and there's a lot of leaders who want to kind of go to fiction and want to write something, but they also want to write something more scholarly. Um, would you apply more logic to the scholarly books? Um, when I pick up a scholarly book, Thorn, sometimes I expect it more logically, and I'm surprised sometimes when I picked up scholarly ones that are more flowing and. Um, What's the well, I, th- I think that a better word than logic is formal. Mm-hmm. We do expect a scholarly work to be written in a formal fashion, like we would expect a traffic cop to be wearing a uniform. Mm-hmm. Uh, I helped a woman, in fact, I think she was a guest, Christine Grant, mm-hmm. was a guest on your show. She wrote a wonderful book to help people. Uh, she's a, a trained psychologist And originally, her novel vacillated between being formal, as in, one should never expect to do this. And instead, it was far more successful when she turned it conversational. Instead of one should, you should, or you could. Uh, So, formality is, it has its place. But basically, whether you are writing a novel, or you're writing uh, to colleagues, or you're writing something in nonfiction that's, that will educate people, the goal is always the same. You want to persuade somebody of something. It's very particular if you're writing uh, nonfiction. It's a little more subtle with fiction. You are trying to persuade people to think what you have thought or feel what you have felt. Mm-hmm. And that speaks to what a successful book is, circling back around to your question. To my thinking, we, uh, we're doomed at, at present because we consider success by how many books you've sold. We quantify it, mm-hmm. which is a shame. Uh, a book, in my mind, is successful if you have accurately, adequately, and persuasively and passionately persuaded your reader to think as you thought or to feel what you felt. Uh, I have a little story I'd like to tell you about, uh, if you're wondering, you know, if you're not going to be making a million dollars on your book, it's not going to be a bestseller. Why bother to write it at all? I'm sure that crosses a lot of people's minds. I was given a manuscript five or six years ago, was maybe the start, 60 pages, from a a Vietnam veteran named Fred Rivera. And he had this ridiculous title, Youth in Asia. Youth in Asia. Uh, But after about three pages in, I discovered his epiphany. He realized that Nam War was just raw man, spelled backwards. And once he had that title, he just took off and couldn't be contained. We did the book together in six months. Wow. Well, what happened? He, uh, (coughs) central to the book, his best friend dies in his arms. 
And we published the book, Fred Left Vietnam, a coke addict and alcoholic who was blown off his tank, had multiple surgeries on his back, was poisoned by Agent Orange. But after about 25 years, he sobered up and he became a counselor for soldiers with PTSD. And uh, he does that successfully today. He has saved several lives. People, soldiers who were bound for suicide, and he stopped them. And one such soldier was a guy named uh, Sergeant Merrick. And the first copy of Raw Man was given to Sergeant Merrick. Sergeant Merrick wanted to show his gratitude by going to the memorial in, Viet in uh, Washington at the Vietnam War Memorial Wall and getting a pencil etching of the soldier who died in Fred's arms, Herman Johnson. But he couldn't find the name. Mm. And it occurred to him, because he himself was, was a veteran, knows all about the fog of war, what if Herman Johnson never died? So they did some research, and he found Herman Johnson. This was wow. 47 years after they had parted company. Each one thought the other had died in battle. Wow. Each okay. one kept the same picture on their desk of the two of them together as buddies. When the book came out... They realized that they were each still alive. We arranged a reunion for them. We did a GoFundMe campaign. We arranged a reunion for them at the memorial at Vietnam. And much to his surprise, uh, Herman Johnson, who was black, was denied a Purple Heart, although he, he almost died. He woke up with his dog tag in his teeth in a field morgue. But the two of them were reunited at the wall, mm -hmm. and Sergeant Merrick, at the orders of a general who was holding court there, said, Sergeant, read the orders. Sergeant Merrick, in his crisp dress blues, opened the files, and he said, by order of the President of the United States for wounds sustained in combat in 1969 in Vietnam, the Purple Heart is hereby awarded Private First Class Herman Johnson. Wow, that is an incredible, powerful story. And and what I'm thinking about the story is for our, for our listeners, you know, just when you when you really do start to write, you never know what's going to come out of it. That is exactly exactly. exactly. So, Thorne, we're going to take another break because um, um, I'm all choked up now on that story. <laughs> okay, and uh, I am teary-eyed. I'm glad yeah, this is yeah, radio. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and um, and we're going to take another break. When we get back, I want to kind of get down to the nitty-gritty about, um, you know, once you start writing, how do you get published and sure. um, how do you, you know, find an editor? I know that you're an editor. People can reach out to you, but let's talk about that. So for sure. our listeners, we are talking to Thornton Sully, editor-in-chief at A Word With You Press. Found It was founded in 2009 and is dedicated to helping you tell your story persuasively and with passion and become a writer. You can reach him at www.awordwithupress.com 
or reach out to him at thorn at a word with you press.com. And I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host, business expert. You're listening to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's business channel. And you can reach out to me at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are interested in the business of rental equipment, be sure to check out Rental Equip Talk Radio with host Donald Charbonnet. We talk to some of the top names in the rental industry, as well as cover topics that include safety, training, fleet management, legal issues, and more. We'll also cover the history and future of the rental equipment industry. Rental Equip Talk Radio can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Kless. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us. These possibilities are destined to be discovered by human imagination and through the service of others, creating a brighter future for all of us. The Soul of Enterprise is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel and simulcast at the same time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you are part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. The future of online TV is here. View exclusive content from your favorite talk radio hosts and new programs that you can't see anywhere else. Visit voiceamerica.tv today. listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders. And today we're speaking with Thornton Sully, the editor-in-chief at Award With You Press. And we're talking about the ambition of being a writer and how you should how you can actually go about doing this. Um, 
And I, I want to talk a little bit more, Thorne, about this, but I have a question that's been on my mind first because, because we just talked about you start writing and you do need an editor. How did you get into editing? Um, well, I was reviewing books for the San Diego Union Tribune, and I always wrote positive reviews. In other words, if somebody went through the process and they got published, that means somebody saw something that was worthwhile. And I felt it incumbent upon me to do the same. However, I had one book that was all ego. And to my thinking, it was so bad, uh, not in how it was written, but with the uh, vanity of the author. It was a Civil War novel uh, that I ended up with a final line, the author made a manassas of himself. <laughs> So about three days later, I got an email. Somebody had tracked me down. I thought it was the author who'd put out a contract on me. <laughs> but it was, it was a guy who said, I also have written a Civil War novel, and I don't want to have the same fate as this guy did. So I'll pay you $1,000 to read my manuscript and give me advice. And that started it. Mm-hmm. And I discovered how much I enjoyed working with writers okay. and uh, then basically one followed another almost without exception everybody that I edit has been recommended to me from somebody else but here's why I'm an editor by the way everything that I've said so far has been unscripted it's been spontaneous but this is something I actually wrote and it appeared in uh, uh, an anthology that I published in June, in which I celebrated the work of five anonymous writers. I like their work, and so I just published them. <clears throat> so within that book, I thought it only fair that I explain why I'm an editor. So here we go. This is actually written. I was the skinny kid with glasses who held the jacket when somebody with more testosterone than me had had enough and was going to punch somebody's lights out in the playground after school. I observed the passions, sometimes volatile passions, of life's real participants from the safety of the sidelines. I lived my adventures for the longest time vicariously. A type, a type B, lowercase, 10-point font, in a world intimidated by type A's, bold, and maybe even italicized and underlined Franklin Gothic heavy. Then the world beckoned, and I dabbled in high risk, exposing first myself and eventually my family to unconscionable danger, such as paying a smuggler to get us across the Straits of Malacca in a sampan at two in the morning after the gunboats passed. One day while I was shaving, I saw the first lines penciling across my forehead, and then I knew it. I wasn't holding anybody's jacket anymore. And somewhere along the line, I stopped living my life like a turtle crossing a highway. Though retelling my misadventures can hold anybody's attention for half an hour at a dinner party, I know the best stories are the ones that take place under the skin. Tell me a story about climbing Mount Everest and I'm already bored. I know what it's all about. You climb. There is risk. You almost die. You have an epiphany. You come down off the mountain. You write a book about it. But 
tell me how you screwed up your marriages. Tell me what went wrong, what you did wrong. Tell me how your youngest daughter ended up in prison and why it should be you in her place. Tell me of the insurrections that you yourself led with every relationship that ever meant anything to you, who you wanted to murder and why. Who wanted to murder you and why. Tell me of sabotage and heresy and destruction and betrayal and mutiny, redemption and infinite second chances and of pain and of pleasure and of fury and the joy you carved out for yourself in spite of it all. Tell me these things and you have my attention and I will hold your jacket after school in the playground. Old habits die hard. <laughs> I became an editor because you have a story yet to be told and I'm listening. That That's great. And you know what I really liked about that? Thorne is, I think for our listeners who want to write, Thorne just told you how to do it, okay, or what, how to become it, you know, because it is, you're right, you know, you climb Everest, you come down and you write a book. That's not what it's about. It's about what you just said. So, um, so Thorne, when, now that we've got everybody kind of, you know, guiled up here and, and, you know, how do you actually go about getting published? Okay. Okay. Uh, the conventional way is you get an editor. Uh, after you get an editor, you get an agent. The agent finds you a publisher. Would that it were that simple. There were like 2 million books, literally 2 million books published last year. Do you think we'd notice if it was only 1 million? It's really, really hard <laughs> to get published through the conventional channels. But because of the, the IT revolution... We no longer have to go through the filter of uh, finding an agent or finding uh, a traditional publisher. Uh, Self-publishing has uh, was stigmatized for a long time, but no more. Many, many successful books are self-published now or through uh, small uh, subsidy houses, similar to the one that I have. So you can do that, uh, you can self-publish, and the immediate advantage is you can be published in six weeks once you have your book formatted. Mm-hmm. If you go through a traditional publisher, even after they have accepted your work, it could be a couple of years. And even that, the dice are loaded. Uh, I was given a book to review once in which the publisher had invested $200,000 in pre-publicity, and the book was mediocre. Mm -hmm. But that was a year that Random House laid off, most of its staff laid off 100 people. They have six people doing publicity. Do you think that they're going to put any effort into somebody that they might give a $5,000 advance to, or are they going to put their efforts where they've invested Mm $200,000? So keep the power I would suggest now publish yourself. You could send out a couple of query letters, a couple meaning 10 or 20. But if you don't get responses, I really suggest that you go the self-publishing route. Mm-hmm. Okay, good advice for our listeners. And uh, 
before you you go to self-publishing, you do need to find an editor. And I know you are an editor. And um, for our listeners, you have an offer for our listeners. Uh, I do. Taking, I do. I have two offers. That? Mm-hmm. I have two offers. You want to get published? I mean, like in the next three months? Right now, I'm finishing up a book about self-editing. And one chapter is devoted to the reasons that people write. Send me a paragraph about what you write. Uh, but I have to tell you, because I must write, has already been submitted and rejected. Mm-hmm. But let me give you just a quick example or two of what people have written. If you'd like to write something like this, it will be published in, in a hard copy book. Here's a quote. Words are my paint box, the way I process beauty. Writing can turn any experience, however hard, into art. We grow emotionally by writing and reading and often learn to forgive. Writing is redemptive. And then one other quick, oh, that was by a woman named Laura Elizabeth, who I published this summer in uh, an anthology called Five by Five on Amazon. And then here's a quote from a friend of mine. He's a best-selling author of Reign of Gold, Victor Villasenor. And he says, everybody should write. Because the opposite of depression is expression. So if you have some little gem about why you write and you want to send that to me, I'll see that it gets published. I also have an offer. If you would like to send me 30 pages of your manuscript, work in progress or finished, I'll give you professional feedback at no charge. You'll find that a lot of people who are in the business that I'm in are willing to extend themselves to newcomers. We, uh, I guess we proselytize. We believe in what we're doing. And we'd like to help you. Okay. So if you want to send me something, you can do it to my email address. And just in the uh, subject line, put pro bono assessment. And I'd be happy to respond to that. Super. So that's a great offer for our listeners. Thank you, Thorne, for being so generous with that. And we're getting towards the end of the show, so I'd just like to wrap it up with your thoughts, your your main message to our listeners about, you know, getting this process started. I, at the at the top, top of the show, I said, you know, a lot of people start the new year and say, hey, this year I'm going to write that book or I'm going to write those memoirs or anything. And um what, what's your message to those people who have always thought about it but haven't actually started to do it yet? Well, I think mine is a generic answer, and it seems to work. Write as if you are writing to one person. You want to persuade one person. Don't be concerned of how it is received. Just be authentic in what you write. One of the uh, little-known secrets about writing Ooh, it won't be a secret after this, will it? (laughs) You write something 100 times to create the illusion of spontaneity. And you'll find that each time you rewrite a sentence or a page, it changes. So after you've written 10 or 15 drafts, go back to see what you first wrote. And you will see how much you have improved just because it was your intent to do so. There's one last quote that I'll I'll wrap it up with uh, that addresses just what you're asking. Let's see. This is from uh, a man named Jim Tully from Writer's Digest. 
long patience and application saturated with your heart's blood, you will either write or you will not. And the only way to find out whether you will or not is to try. Okay, that's that's a great way to end our our show today. And Thorne, it's been it's been really really enlightening, and I I really want to thank you. Um, and I can say to my listeners too, I, I have published a book, and um, it was a it was an in really good experience. I I learned a lot about myself when putting down my experiences and my thoughts. And I'd really encourage you to to sit down and do it and reach out to Thorne. He's a great editor. He's given you two offers that are very difficult to refuse. And um, just try it. So for today, we've been speaking with Thornton Sully, editor-in-chief at A Word With You Press, this was founded in 2009 and is dedicated to helping you tell your story persuasively and with passion. Now, many famous authors have sought out Thorne's advice, and he also has awards himself. He has the Best Poetry Award from San Diego Writers Awards, and one of his novels, The Boy with a Torn Hat, was nominated for the Best Literary fiction by U.S. Book Awards. You can reach out to Thorne, as he said, at thorne at awordwithupress.com or visit his website, www.awordwithupress.com. And uh, Thorne Sully is spelled T-H-O-R-N-T-O-N and S-U-L-L-Y. Now, the one other thing with Thorne is he is hosting the seventh annual writers reunion and that's on may 23rd on oceanside california at the ranch of the best-selling author victor villasenor so if you're interested in the writers reunion please reach out to thorne about that and you've been listening to leadership beyond borders on voice america's business channel i'm kimberly lewis leadership and business expert you can contact me with comments and questions at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or join my linkedin group at leadership beyond borders or go to my website leadershipbeyondborders.net now leadership beyond borders is brought to you by cinda one of europe's most extensive digital marketing and local search nonprofit associations. For membership information, go to www.cinda.org. Cinda also has conferences twice a year, and the next conference is going to be in Berlin, May 24th to 26th, and you can get information on the website. And the show is also bought, brought to you by by Global Business Therapy and the Women's Leadership Academy 2020, which specializes in diversity and C-level development for women. Once again, check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, and on LinkedIn. And please remember to tune in each week, 3 p.m. Pacific time. Or if you miss the live show, you can download us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. And with that, thank you once again for listening. Thank you, Thorne. And please tune in again next week. Thank you. 
you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.